anyone who goes to any ballet class, no matter what age, no matter who you are, you are a freaking superstar. Ballet is yeah. so tough. And um, I, I do think people are starting to see that, but we, it has to come from, from people like us. I think like when I was in the thick of it mm. and when I was a professional dancer, it was really hard to speak up. It was really hard to have a voice because you're scared. You're scared to lose your job. You're scared to, you know, be ousted. You're scared to be different because you want to supposed to conform to this idea of being a ballerina. And now that we're out of that professional world, we can finally speak up. Hello, and welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning, also known as the Balanced Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life full of grace with a little grit. Good morning, beautiful Balance Ballerinas. Happy Monday if you are listening to the day that this podcast is released. I hope you had a beautiful weekend. I went for a lovely hike and um, I'm feeling very refreshed and ready to get back into another busy week inside and outside the studio. So last week I had the pleasure of sitting down with the gorgeous, vibrant and talented ex-professional ballerina, master trainer and all-around wonderful woman, Louisa Patterson. Like many guests I asked to join me on the podcast, Louisa and I first met via Instagram, liking and tagging our way to a mutual understanding that we were all about the same things, balance, discipline, empowering women through movement, and basically just keeping it real. And um, huh, look, in the interest of keeping it real with my beautiful podcast listeners, I want to start this conversation with the truth that um, I wasn't really quite feeling myself during this interview. I felt a bit off with my questions and answers and responses whilst talking to Louisa as um, it's been a really rough week on the Balanced Ballerina's home front, losing one of my closest clients and friends to dreaded cancer, like I'm sure so many of you um, I don't think there's anyone in the world now that hasn't been touched or lost a loved one via this awful, um, yeah, condition. So, look, what they don't tell you about in business school is that if you are lucky enough to cultivate a community, you're going to attract amazing humans. And a handful of those humans will become your closest friends. So, when you experience the tragedy of losing someone you love within this environment, not only are you heartbroken, you know, yourself, but you also have the weight of your other client's heartbreak on your shoulders too. It's been a lot, <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about it anymore because I actually decided that I want to share more about who this beautiful client and friend was in my 50th episode which will be in a fortnight. So 
definitely not what I pictured for my 50th episode, but Kathy was the most elegant and graceful woman who deserves to not only be remembered, but also celebrated. And I have the power to do so via this platform. So that's exactly what I plan on doing in the next episode. But for now, whilst everything is still a bit raw, I so welcomed today's gorgeous guest with open arms. I've been wanting to e-meet and catch up with Louise, also known as Train Like a Ballerina, for so long, which is why I couldn't possibly cancel. Sydney-born, Louise's career as a professional ballerina took her to world stages where she danced soloist and principal roles alongside some of the world's leading ballerinas in Munich, Stuttgart and Berlin. Retiring at the height of her career at 25, Louisa studied chemistry, biology and nutrition whilst completing her master's in personal training. So why did she retire? Well, reading between the lines, Louisa, like many, and myself really, found out that life as a professional ballerina can be very unbalanced and with a burning desire to help others, she embarked on a mission to empower women rather than sit back and become another broken ballerina. And I couldn't be prouder of her because she's done just that, empowering women globally through her Train Like a Ballerina method and new program delivering premium online dance workouts called Releve. The launch of her new website is super sleek and I highly recommend checking it out. But the reason why I love Louisa is because she's more than her workouts and sexy new website. She's the full package, a curious mind with a heart of gold, open to learning and not afraid to be graceful in one breath and dorky in the next. I'm sure you're going to love her too. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Louisa Patterson. Miss Louisa, welcome to the Balanced Ballerinas podcast. Thank you so much for for joining me. me. I'm finding so me on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I um I wanted you to start off by uh, sharing with the listeners and me your dance journey from basically professional ballerina to master certified trainer. So um, wh- where do you want to begin? Oh, I, I feel like there are so many subjects that we both resonate yeah. and think about the same way. Um, I'll do a little quick. I'll touch, yeah. on, touch on the basis so that, of my story. So that we story. can get into the meat of what we want to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I started ballet at 11. I was doing tap, musical theatre and all that jazz before. And my um, teacher actually brought me out of that and said, you have the potential to be a ballerina aesthetically. Um, so I started at 11 and it went pretty quickly from there. Um, I think I was full time at 13 or 14 at Tandy Pearson Academy in Sydney And then at 15, my parents put me on a plane by myself and sent me to Germany, to Munich, by myself, um, to go to the Heinz Basel Stiftung in Munich. Yeah. Uh, I was there for about two years. Uh, I had a pretty pretty tough time, to be honest with you, because I started late, in commas, late at 11. Um, I was highly inflexible, not strong at all. Uh, My base technique just wasn't there. So a lot of the teachers just told me, go get flexible go get strong so I did the only thing that I knew how I came in an hour two hours early before everyone else left 
was the last one to leave turned white. So it's just just stretch um, to gain flexibility. Um, and I gained I gained flexibility, but in the complete wrong way. Um, and I'm still having repercussions of that today. Mm. And um, and then my problem was that I couldn't stand on my own two feet. My nickname was Bambi. Um, I had no strength, <laughs> zero strength. So then the teacher said, well, go get strong. And I asked, well, how? How, how do you get strong set for doing like three ballet classes a day, which was, you know, what was recommended. Um, and they said, well, definitely don't pick up any weights because that's going to bulk mm. your muscles. Um, don't do any strength and resistance training. Um, don't do anything else besides ballet. And um, also to remain lean, just don't eat. So it was just this, I was, I was too flexible um, for my body. I was not strong. I was just a bit lost. So then I had yeah. a million injuries, like injury after injury. Um, and the worst of them was I ended up uh, falling over in class, I had excruciating pain in my ankles and I had um, ostrogonum syndrome, which is extra bone in your ankles, um, which I've been pushing through the pain for quite a while. And so I flew mm. back to Australia after two years to have surgery. Um, so they took the bone out of my ankle. It was pretty, about six months um, recovery from that um, rehabilitation back. Um, and I rehabbed back. And the first time I went back on point, I had the exact same pain in my feet that I had before because my body had actually produced scar tissue where they'd taken the bone away and my body, the, the, the surgeon said that, well, basically that's your career over. Um, your body, if you do the surgery again, your body's going to do the same thing. And yeah. I decided to not take them for an answer and I told them to do the surgery again. So I went through another six months. I had the surgery, another six months rehab back. Same thing happened. My body produced scar tissue. And um, right, right before I came back for the surgeries, the school in Munich actually said that I wasn't able to return there um, because I was just being injured the whole time and sick. Um, but I actually went and auditioned for John Krenko School in Stuttgart. Um, that's sort of the height of my injury. And um, I got in. It's my just sort of dream school to go to. So straight after having a year off, I went to John Krenko School. Um, and it was, the same, it was the same sort of thing. You know, both these schools are fantastic schools, not speaking ill of them at all. It's just there was a lot of pillars that were missing. And I was just asking everyone for these questions. I was, I was, I'm, I'm an academic. I love ed self-education. I just was like, I need to know the answers to why, how to stretch correctly and not get injured, how to strengthen correctly um, and not bulk our muscles, and also nutrition, what to eat and how to fuel our body bodies. And I just could not find the answers. And so it got to a point where I just had enough. And I was just like, I'm just, I'm just going to stop asking questions and start finding out the answers myself. So I decided to go back and finish school. Um, which I never actually finished <laughs> in Australia. I didn't even finish year 10. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you finished your studies. Oh, um, <laughs> I finished my, well, I think it's like lifelong process of finishing studies, but I remember leaving school at 15 and doing homeschool and um, not even doing my year 10 exam. Um, so I had to go back and finish school. I don't even know if that's legal. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And, um, and I, I got straight into university and I started studying chemistry and biology. So I did a year of chemistry and biology uh, long distance uh, with South Australia Uni while I was in Stuttgart um, and then I sort of transferred to science of the human body and then I was like well, there's something else I don't know nothing I don't know anything about and it's nutrition so then I started my bachelor's in nutrition so I had three years of uni completely changing every single year but it was just like my mind was was just blown at the fact that every single thing that I learned I just couldn't believe that dancers didn't know this I just couldn't believe yeah. it are you a bit like me where 
you've found this information later in life and you're, and you're sort of like, my story is a bit similar to you, but I didn't have crazy injuries. <laughs> um, <laughs> lucky. Yeah, I was very lucky. I was rarely ever injured, but I, rem- I always find this information and I go far out. If I had have known this when I was that little dancer, because it's quite unbelievable that you can be put in these huge institutions that have, you know, money thrown at them to produce professional dancers, but there is, they don't know anything. I mean, they know a lot, but they ask them about nutrition, ask them about how to gain flexibility safely, ask them how to um, build strength without turning into a bodybuilder. And they don't have any information. It's sort of like you just left to your own devices. And it's like, I thought this institution would give me the answers for all of this. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, it's very baffling. So I I understand and I feel your... And that's what I think we, um, you know, my... Oh, sorry, just broke up a little bit. Oh, oh you're, back. you're back, you're back, you're back. <laughs> Zoom meeting. Yeah. Um, I 100% agree. And I think that, you know, I, I'm looking back and now my parents literally put me on a plane by myself and sent me overseas at 15. And I think it's because they put their trust in these schools because they think, well, this school, they're making the, you know, elite athletes. So they're going to have all the answers and they're going to nurture them. And there are some schools that are obviously doing that now and taking like Australian ballet school, I think is doing that. Um, there's some other great schools as well, but there's just like a huge break of, you know, ballet's, ballet is, is old in a sense, you know, we have teachers yeah. who are educating the next generation with information that they knew, you know, 50 years ago and sports science and what we've learned about the human body has come so far that I believe that every teacher should go through a course of learning about science, with human body and nutrition. And, and, and they should have that knowledge to be able to share that with their dancers, not just like, okay, we're going to do ballet class and, and that's it. Because like, like myself, I was turning to my teacher to ask all these questions and they, it's not their fault. They just didn't know. Um, so then, you know, you look for outside sources, you go on the internet, I remember Googling, like how to be skinny (laughs) and what comes up or donate. (laughs) And that in itself can be really dangerous. So I guess it's all about teachers, maybe, you know, it should be a prerequisite that we're educated in multiple things so that you can be that role model for someone whose body is their tool. It just makes sense to me. Yeah. Mm. And that's what I love, love, love what you're doing because you have the same mindset as me for teachers. Um, Love. Well, today is all about you, and I, I wanted you to share um, with the listeners what's the TLB method. <laughs> so, the TLB what? method, the train like a ballerina method. I mean, because I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you my little because I've done a couple of your workouts, um, oh, and yeah, yeah, they they were really good. So I've done um, the fifteen minute core workout, and I've done the ten minute cardio um one and i think the reason i was trying to think about this today the reason why i like them is probably because um they incorporate all the things i sort of love like a little bit dancey a little bit pilates a little bit yoga a little bit strength training um and and i sort of when you demo you're very flowy and it's very <laughs> dancey and I just love it. Um, and so I feel like when I'm doing them, I'm sort of dancing. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? Yes, yeah. because that was my whole idea behind the TLB method. So I, um, after studying and doing my, my master's in training and then having um, 
you know, a, a short but great career, um, I just realized that there was something missing and there was a program that didn't combine all these things. I went to Pilates, I went to yoga, I did, started yeah. doing weight training. And I was like, why isn't there a class that does all of this? Yeah. Um, and I started probably perfecting or started the, the TLB method on professional dancers when I was in Berlin and all of these exercises it was a combination of exactly what you're saying of movement so you feel good and you feel beautiful yet you're strengthening and you're leaning out your muscles as well um, yeah. because that's exactly what I want people to feel when they do my workouts is to feel empowered and beautiful and not just like oh my gosh I had to do this workout and it was tough and I'm dreading the next one exercise shouldn't be like that and especially as but in dancers, saying that too they are tough but I didn't yes. realize because I was too busy getting lost in the movement. So oh, it's not yeah. like, it's not like a workout, you know, for like, it's not fluffy. <laughs> if anyone's thinking, yeah. oh, it's oh, no. just going to be like pretty. <laughs> no, nah, the tagline <laughs> is train like a beast, look like a ballerina. And we train like beasts. <laughs> nice. I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely, um... oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Keeps cutting. Oh, I bloody love Zoom, don't you? So um, what I was going to say was now your TLB method has been turned into a fitness program, which you've just recently launched, Releve. Um, I'm, I'm, I could guess why you've called it Releve. Why have you called it Releve? <laughs> um, so Releve in French terminology means to rise up in its basic sense. And I wanted something, it was, I didn't want to call it Train Like Ballerina. Train Like Ballerina is my company and there's going to be many pillars to my company that are in the making and that are really exciting. But the app to rise up, um, I think, has a huge meaning behind it in the sense of we all want to rise up in life, mentally, physically. Um, and as dancers, we, ne we need to rise up. We need to constantly rise up and we need to learn how to do that. Um, so it's been so exciting. It's been so exciting to build this, this app um, and do it, mostly on my own um which has been a huge challenge and COVID was a huge push to do mm. it because I had the idea from from when I started dancing I, I had this idea for the program but I just didn't think I, I had the the brains or I guess the uh technology or the team to be able to do it and it just got to the stage where after retiring I was just like I, I, have, I have to do it if no one else is going to do it I have to do it um, so it's just so exciting for me that it's actually here, that it's actually, we're about to launch the app and that it's already helping. We have the web version already online with the same content. Um, but my whole idea yeah. of launching that before the app was to get people training during COVID because it's all home-based workouts with minimal yeah. equipment. Um, so I just was like, I want to help as many people as I possibly can. Like my, my goal in life is to be a billionaire and not in the sense that anyone thinks is money, I want to positive, positively impact a billion people. And I was like, this COVID situation with everybody being at home and in this pandemic, I have the ability to give these people and dancers and non-dancers workouts at home. So um, the web version is available and the app is launching really, really soon. <laughs> I love that idea of a billionaire. That's awesome. I love it. Might yeah. steal it. Hey, um, so it. Welcome, welcome to the world of ballet and business. So oh. how, how is, how is that going? Oh <laughs> How's my business? gosh. Whole nother world. <laughs> um, it's exciting. I'm learning everything as I go. And um, I've always been, I always sort of felt when I was a professional dancer that I wasn't maybe cut out to be a dancer for the, you know, the longevity because I was just so outspoken and I was a little entrepreneur from the beginning. I felt um, I saw a break in the market and I wanted to go after it. Um, but business was just like when I, after retiring, I had the idea for train like a ballerina and 
I, but I didn't have any money. I didn't have any savings. People thought I was crazy to be retiring. And I remember falling quite deep into depression for about even about six, six months, eight months after retiring, because as dancers, and I think this is very prevalent with dancers right now is we are constantly used to being stars on stage and yeah. having movement and, you know, releasing serotonin and dopamine from being on stage. And all of a sudden, um, if you retire, if you're injured or if you're in the midst of the pandemic, you don't have that. You don't release those hormones anymore. And you sort of put a lot of your identity on being a ballerina. Like I would say to people, I'm a ballerina. That's who I am. But like, who, who are you? <laughs> like, I didn't know who I was. So like I went on this huge journey. I completely um, derailed from your question, by the way. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> I went on this like whole journey of discovering like who, who I was. And um, I just, yeah, felt quite deep into depression. I had like $60 left in my bank account. And I was like, well, I can either try and learn how to build a business or I can just stay here. And so I ordered, I feel like three business books, top business books <laughs> find on Amazon. And I ordered the three business books. And I learned how to build a business. I literally just started reading um, how to build a business. Um, but it was a tough, like I'm sure you've had so many um, setbacks to get where you are as well, which, which makes the journey even more exciting. But um, yeah, yeah. Process. Oh, it's definitely a learning process. Um, and even though you did derail my question, that's okay because it's a really important point that you brought up. And I think it's not just true of ballet dancers. It's true of especially any pre-professional or professional athlete that finishes young it's like you've grown up your whole identity as being a ballerina or a swimmer or a yeah. cyclist whatever it is and it's usually you know a short-lived career because no one wants you in your 30s and 40s anyway and your identity has been stripped and so it's like well, what do I do now so yeah. and that was one thing I've been really worried about during COVID um I, I hated taking Zoom classes <laughs> with my oh. students, but we, yeah. we did minimal ones and I made sure I checked in with them twice a week because purely just to get moving, like we were doing star jumps. We were doing all sorts of big body movements so that we could, you know, get some sweat happening because I was really worried about, like you said, just the depression from not moving your body. Going from moving your body five days a week to like zero, it's, yes. it's very worrying I don't know. I think we're yet to see the repercussions of what's happened. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've had so many people write to me personally and asking me, what do I do? How do I find motivation? And it's really tough because the unknown is really tough. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just the unknown right now. We just don't know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, so many dancers are, are out of work or pre-professionals don't know if they can go to their schools or professionals don't know when their theatres are opening. Um, and, yeah, we just, we're, all, we're all in it together. But the best, you know, my best advice is to choose choose to believe in in faith um, instead of fear. And I think that's like the only really advice I can give to to, to everyone in this situation. What I'm giving it to my clients and to my community because you can wake up every morning and choose to believe in either one. They're both unknown. It's like believing in believing in God. We don't know if God exists. Um, so if you wake up every morning and you you, you choose fear. And you choose to believe that we don't know what's going to happen and it's scary and it's terrible and, you know, all these negative feelings. Um, you can also put all that energy into believing in faith and believing that there can be good that comes out of it, that we will get back to normal, that we're in this together. Um, so my only advice to everyone in the situation is choose, choose faith over fear. That's what yeah. I'm trying to do personally. <laughs> 
you, um, you, I don't know whether it was recent or whether it was an old one. It popped up in my feed a little while ago. You did a talk about on YouTube, just candidly to the camera about the fact that you think the word motivation should be switched with the word discipline. Yes. And I think maybe that's the key right now and going forward is that maybe this is a bit of a wake up that no one's going to, you know, sit around and motivate you to do something. But if you have a nice little structure to your day and you're disciplined, I really love that, that talk because I completely a hundred percent agree. Um, do you want to explain your little rocket ship? <laughs> the, rocket ship. the rocket yeah. ship comes, the rocket ship returns. <laughs> I loved it. It was so good. When I, <laughs> I love this metaphor. Um, so Basically, this all started when um, I've talked about it um, on Instagram and on YouTube. I had the dream. I'm going to go into a little long little story. Long little story. Go um, for it. Go obviously, for it. becoming the best ballerina that I possibly could, and being in the front row and taking a bow as a principal. And I just that's what drove me is this this taking a bow as a principal dancer. And I achieved that goal at 22. And I remember taking my bow in the front row, and it was like my world crashed around me. And everything just, everything just went dark. And I was, cause I was just, I don't know what happens after this because I had a goal. I had like, I wanted to get to the peak of the mountain and I got there, but no one ever educated me on what happens after you get to the top of the mountain. Now you're a professional dancer. Now you're dancing principal roles. Uh, what next? And so that's when I sort of just started this whole discovery of realizing that it's not where it's not where you want to go the end goal but who you become while getting there in the journey and i used to think people who said that were just absolute lunatics and now i totally resonate with it and um yeah the whole rocket ship idea and, and choosing motivation over dedication um sorry choosing dedication <laughs> over motivation <laughs> is if you're lying in bed and um, just like choosing faith or fear, you have the choice every morning to wake up and go, okay, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a bad day. I can choose to fear what's going to happen. I can choose to believe it. And I, when I went into my stages of, of actual depression, I would just lie in bed and I would choose fear and I would choose to lie there. Uh, but the one thing that really got me out of it is thinking I'm a rocket ship and counting down from three. And my alarm would go off and I would go three, two, one. And I would propel myself out of bed. And once I was up, I was up. And then the day I felt like my day was a rocket ship instead of a crashing plane. <laughs> like I, I felt that it's just getting started. And it's like with everything, like I'm sure with you, you, you've learned this through business, through being a dancer. Um, it's really getting started is that is the hardest part. And um, getting up in the morning, getting started can simply be the hardest part or getting, you know, getting started on a program or, or you're choosing, choosing something today um, that's going to, you know, make you into a better person. It's uh, getting started. Yeah, no, 100% agree. No, I love it. And it's a really good analogy and metaphor to work with children as well because you know that's a really easy one to picture so i like it i love it a lot so um i've i've used it with my little ones every now oh, and then so <laughs> oh that makes yeah. me so happy to hear yeah honestly <laughs> like i'm i'm a super tlb fan like i i love everything you're doing so i mean oh. it's nice when you and i and i it, you know it's it's funny when someone does tell you that they're actually using your content isn't it just the best feeling in the world you're like oh so worth so it. <laughs> nice. It's so nice when um, like anyone who writes to me and says, yeah, my program has helped them. Um, and, and specifically now obviously the, the, the website and the programs on there and now the app, it's just, it excited, like it motivates me, like my community motivates me. And um, it's so nice as well to hear that there's such an array of, um, 
of people using it and using the program. So there'll be people from, uh, you know, like pre-professional young dancers to I have principals of companies around the world who call me to tell me they're so thankful um, to my mum. My mum's 70, 71 next year and she's just started a three-month Lean and Strong program and she's loving it and she's able to do it. So it's um, it's nice to see that um, my whole That's idea is here. The TLB method, um, you know, was for professional dancers to start with. And I was going to go after the niche of professionals. But the method I've created, it's just, it's just a huge realisation to me that it's, it's, it's for absolutely everyone. And that doesn't even mean just dancers. Um, it's, it's for everyone. So exciting. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the reason why it probably works for, you know, everyone is because who doesn't want to look like a ballerina? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, no, some people... <laughs> Yeah, maybe not, maybe not. But I mean, I've got a lot of, I teach a lot of adults ballet and one of the biggest things for them is they notice, and it's not so much, and it's definitely, you know, none of my advertising, none of my message is about losing weight, but I find that my clients do say to me, my body has changed and my posture is just next level, which makes your body shape change anyway. So with that confidence, you know, people are happier. And I think it's the same with your program, you know? So that ballerina lifestyle. Yes, exactly. I think there's a huge dream of of a lot of women who, you know, they wanted to be a ballerina when they were older and just Mm. sort of like a lost, lost dream. And I want to be able to bring, um, I know you were sort of asking before about, um, or before we started recording today about like ballet and what I think of where the dance world is going. Yeah. And I honestly think that ballet is a dying and dance is a bit of a dying art which is really sad but there's so many ways we can change that and one of the ways is to like people who dream of being a ballerina um it's not just a lost dream they can still do that and they're not going to maybe be a professional but they can still train like a ballerina yeah i am on a bit of a mission and uh all my listeners will be like great george is on a soapbox again but I get very frustrated when people don't take adults seriously in the ballet world because they deserve a place. And it's funny, I get really um, frustrated with the fact that my boyfriend can be like, I'm a surfer because he surfs like twice, you know, on the weekend. Or my dad can be like, I'm a golfer and he plays golf like once a month. Yet someone who comes to my adult ballet classes twice a week feels really funny about saying I'm a ballerina. Do you know what I mean? Or they don't get taken seriously when they go to a class and they're thrown in with some 14 year olds. (laughs) I think it's it's a very, yeah, it's a very um, surprisingly untapped market. And I think, I mean, the whole point of the Balance Ballerina's brand and podcast and everything is breaking down those elitist barriers um, that's often associated with ballet and taking, you know, your general ballerina more seriously um, because they deserve to be taken seriously. So I'm with you. I'm with you. And the dance world will, will die a little bit because if they don't start taking those recreational students seriously, that is actually where your money is to fund your productions and the things that you want to happen on stage. So I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. I think we're on the right track and I think that, people in our industry are really silly for not taking your recreational or your adult students seriously because it's, um, it's the tough. most amazing. Yeah. And the most amazing stories um, come out of 
my adult ballet classes and I meet the most mm. amazing clients and the most amazing people and the most amazing connections. And um, yeah, I just wouldn't be, wouldn't I, be me without them. I completely agree. I think there is a part of people um, and I'm going to say predominantly males who <laughs> don't know ballet, who think ballet is just a little fluffy thing that we do like so many people yeah. I was like I'm, fr- I'm a ballerina and they're like so what do you do full-time like if that's your part-time that job right um and we need to start people need to start seeing that ballet is so tough I think it is there is a change happening um especially with like the way social media is because people are yeah. seeing ballet more on social media um but anyone who goes to any ballet class no matter what age no matter who you are you are a freaking superstar ballet is yeah. so tough and um I think I do think people are starting to see that, but we, it has to come from, from people like us. I think like when I was in the thick of it mm. and when I was a professional dancer, it was really hard to speak up. It was really hard to have a voice because you're scared. You're scared to lose your job. You're scared to, you know, be ousted. You're scared to be different because you want to supposed to conform to this idea of being a ballerina. And now that we're out of that professional world, we can finally speak up. So it just takes a few people to make a change, but it's good that yeah. there's a few of us trying. Well, that's what we're doing by having this conversation. But, um, but I think I think I thought of something then as you were talking. The fact that if we don't take adults seriously, it filters down into the children. And what frustrates me more than anything is a parent letting their child stop ballet, even though they're enjoying it, because the parent goes, mm-hmm. "Oh, look, I just don't think she's really cut out for ballet. She doesn't look like she'll be a professional." And I'm like. Mm. Does your son stop football because he might not be a professional? Do you know what I mean? Like for some reason, for some reason with ballet, it's like you can only study it if you're going to be a professional. Mm. It it just, it it annoys, I almost swore, it annoys me a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I can can understand Um, and I feel you because um, I get asked so many times, like I do a QA and a on Instagram or try and do one once a week. And I probably get about 20 people asking me, oh, I'm 15, I'm 16, or I'm 25, 30, 40, can I do ballet? And my answer is yes, of course you can. Like what you gain from ballet, no matter what age you are, is going to take you through the rest of your life from ease, from simple things like flexibility and strength to posture, to the mindset, to the dedication, um, and just how you carry yourself. Um, you know, that beautiful posture and how people hold themselves when you see on the street of our arena. It's, um, it's empowering. And that's what I've always just been so drawn to with ballet is it just makes you feel so empowered. And that's what I want to bring with to my program as well is to keep that feeling of empowerment and strength and flexibility. But um, anyone can feel like that. And like you said, it doesn't have to be that you look at a dancer and a young dancer and go, well, you're not going to be professional, therefore you should stop. Because what they can learn from such a young age and then from, on the other side of it, from an older age as well, is just, it can be life-changing. Yeah, it can. I think this um, feeds perfectly into the question I had for you in regards to training a holistic dancer. So um, I know that you've commented before um, on your channels about uh, food and it is a big topic here. It always gets a really big response (laughs) whenever Mm -hmm. we've chatted about it on the podcast or in a blog or just on my own social media. And um, I, I think it's a really big part of the discussion because as a dancer, your body being your tool, training a holistic dancer, in your opinion, when you're talking about health and diet, and let me know if you don't want to talk about this or, or you know, I'm don't open to everything. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Okay. I just wanted to know what your opinion is in regards to 
training the dancer and how to fuel their body? Like what advice do you give? Because I get asked this all the time and I do really struggle a little bit. I'm even struggling getting the sentence out because I struggle. <laughs> I, I, well, I believe firmly in that everybody is different and that, you know, you definitely need to listen to your body. So I'm not going to say you need to have oats for breakfast and then you need to have a salad for lunch and you need to have some protein and whatever for dinner because that might not work for another person. But when you're asked this question, which I'm sure you are a million times, what what is your general advice that you give? So um, after studying, I did like my year of my bachelor's and then obviously changed courses. Yeah. I realised that my, one of my biggest I won't say talents. I don't know how to say it in an egotistic way. Is bringing people together, and I find that there are a lot of people online, a lot of influencers who are just That's giving a talent. terrible, <laughs> and just giving like nutrition advice without having you know the, the you don't have to have a degree, but having the knowledge. So my idea was like I've got to train like ballerina team of nutritionists, naturopaths, dietitians, physios, and um, people who are on my team for like if my community wants to ask these questions, I can answer them. Um, through them they can answer them but my basic view on nutrition in the basic sense exactly what you're saying is that everybody is so different so you can't give a diet plan or a nutrition plan to a group of people because everyone is completely different and um, my view on food is that no dancer should ever be hungry or starving themselves full stop that's number one Um, a diet um, whether that be um Vegan or vegetarian, if you're not doing it for like ethical reasons or intermittent fasting, if it's something you can't maintain for longevity um, for the rest of your life, um, it's something you're um, cutting out of your diet or if it's like, what do you call it? Um, If if you're craving certain foods throughout the day, if you're, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? (laughs) I'm thinking of one word. Like intermittent fasting or anything um if you're depriving sorry depriving yourself from anything um you're on a diet i just don't think dancers should be on a diet they should be on a healthy balanced meal plan that they can sustain for the rest of their life that includes carbohydrates enough protein i very rarely meet a dancer that eats enough protein um they need to be having enough good fats as well macros micros and this means eating a lot and often and I remember when I was um I had an eating disorder and I remember getting to the stage where I was just like that's it I'm so sick I was passing out in class and the teacher would just kick me out of class um because I thought I was sick when they full well knew that I was not eating and I was got to the point where I was just I was done I was just like I would rather be fat and happy than live a life like this so I started eating and I went through a few months of my body adjusting but I started to eat and discover good food and the right food. Yeah. And what happened was I lost over eight kilos from eating, from going mm. from starving myself um, to eating huge amounts of food, but the right food. And yeah. I lost so much weight because my body balanced out. And it's just like, I can't preach that enough to dancers because they're constantly searching for something extrinsic to, to help them maintain their weight. And there's no, they need to know that there's not a pill you can take and there's not a diet and there's not something because those things are advertised because people can sell them. So you can sell a pill for a million dollars if you say it's going to make you lose weight. But what you can't sell and what's really hard to sell is a healthy, balanced diet. So we're yeah. 
constantly being bombarded. Um, even now, you know, you, you talk about diets and your phone then lights up with different diets because it's listening to you all the time. <laughs> so it's like, they're constantly, this generation is like, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to get the message out there that these don't work. It's just healthy, balanced diets, educating um, yourself on what your body needs. And um, it changes. Like my people often ask me, what do you eat in a day? And I hate doing those videos for the reason that it completely changes for my body for your body and um, then it also changes what I'm doing in the day if I'm working out if I'm sitting at my desk for 16 hours if I'm you know if I'm doing something the next day it changes and I adapt my food intake to what I'm doing personally and I think that's what yeah, it's just dancers really need to learn to do just listening I um so besides besides food what do you believe makes up a holistic a whole dancer Oh, so much. There's, um, well, it's like all these, all these pillars that we're talking about that are these major pillars that make up a, a whole person and a whole dancer that just aren't really being addressed. So um, food, obviously nutrition, um, proper strength training and flexibility training um, and mental health. That's something that is just not even touched on. Um, I am even, I don't meditate because I don't know enough about it yet, but I'm bringing a meditation expert on board to relevate because I want to learn more about it. Um, and mental health, breathing, um, all these certain things. There's just so many of these. And and also as, as women, I just started reading a book, um, called raw by Stacey Sims. Um, it's all about females and women's health and, um, how we need to adjust our, uh, it's, it's aimed at athletes, um, how we need to adjust our workout schedule for our, our cycle. And this yeah. is just something that I never even thought about because there are times of the month where I cannot get out of bed or I can't work out or I can't do anything. And there's times where I feel empowered and strong. And if you learn about that, you can adjust your schedule accordingly. Um, so there's yeah. all, these, all these pillars. Um, and uh, just like you, I want to help educate people on that as I'm educating myself. Um, but yeah, I guess... Yeah, it's a constant, constant, <laughs> constant struggle, right? Oh, definitely. Um, it's funny. One of the most popular episodes of the podcast was one I did with Alex Mazarol, who um, is a Lululemon ambassador. She lives in, um, oh, splits her time between Vancouver and, and Brooklyn. And we did a whole episode on, because she's really passionate about, she used to be a dancer and she's now a big yogi. And she um, is super passionate about talking about periods and period positivity. And the amount of messages I got after that episode was like, wow, mind blown. Hadn't even thought of that. Um, hadn't even thought as a dance teacher talking to my students about, you know, mm. what, how to, you know, what to wear under their leotards or as a mum, like I didn't even think how this would affect her mood. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't know how this would affect yeah. her mood and whether she wanted to go to dancing or not or, or, mm. um, I don't know. It's funny. Like, it's just, there's so many taboo subjects, especially in the dance world, because we're expected, I think, to stand there in our little leotard with our white tights and with perfect hair and perfect poise, that there's no room for that. I don't want to use this word because I don't believe it is, but that yucky stuff, do you know what I mean? And so it's yeah, like, yeah. I think it's really important to talk about it. And, and is this so much stigma around even just talking about nutrition, um, even talking about like a diet or intermittent fasting or periods um, or you know, there's, there's so many things that still have a lot of stigma on them. And we just need to take that stigma away because once we start talking about it and once we start the conversation, we're, we're opening up that conversation up to other people. But 
yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to me how these conversations are just happening now. I mean, imagine if you were going into a school, if you're going overseas at 15 or 16 years old and you're able to tell a teacher, like, look, I have my period today. I'm feeling bad. Or I'm, I'm really not, PMSing, I'm feeling terrible or um, you know if you're able to talk about that uh, the difference it would make if you're able to have a voice as a dancer um, to tell your teacher how you are feeling um, it could not only make such much more incredibly healthier dancers but happier dancers who have a long career and not just a short career Sometimes those students um, feel a bit funny about, you know, sharing or saying things. And one thing that I've found works actually in class, so if there's any teachers listening, you can steal this one. So you get everyone to close their eyes and you get them to look at you. And oh, Sorry, not look at you because their eyes are closed. But you get them to close their eyes and you say, on a scale of one to 10, show me on your fingers how you feel today. And so they've all got their eyes closed and nobody nobody sees them. So they're, no one can see because we're on Zoom, but they're just like, you know, this. And so I can look at the room and I can go, okay, like those three over there are, you know, feeling pretty rubbish or this one's got heaps of energy or the whole room today is feeling a bit low. So let's, you know, plan the class around that. So. Oh, I'm using that in my classes. I'm <laughs> using that. Cause usually I say like on a scale of one to 10, how hard is that exercise? And even that saying how hard is yeah. that exercise? People go, Oh, well that person found it easy. So oh, must've found it easy too. <laughs> so hundred oh, percent, get them to close your eyes. <laughs> this is genius. I'm stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> I um I always finish my episodes and I, I just also want to say we are going to do this in person one day yes. soon hopefully because it's just so much nicer in person and um and I I just have about a million questions that I I want to sort of you know dig deeper with you but um for mm-hmm. now let's wrap up this episode because I'm going to get you on again in the future but I always mm-hmm. um have my guests give their number one tip leading a balanced life oh so actually you know, I, gave my tip on, <laughs> I gave my tip on, i have a million tips i wish i could we'll have to do more episodes um my 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 main tip actually would probably be that that um choosing faith over fear because i think that's yeah. so prevalent right now um oh my gosh i have so i'm so many more um no i i really love that one stop. okay i'll give you two more i'll give you two more i'll give you two more <laughs> um stop giving a Poop. Uh, how can I say this? A poop, a poop, a poop. I'm going to say something I'm swearing. What other people think. Being yourself and, you know, like, it's, it's being yourself and being true to yourself is a prerequisite to happiness. And you going to sleep every single night and just going to, well, I was true to myself and I was myself today is going to change your life. It's just, it's just like happiness, you know, like happiness is, it's a part of being happy and I think that once dancers also start realizing that they don't need to be someone else they don't need to be another dancer they need to be another dancer on Instagram or YouTube or someone in the classroom that you are enough um and being really true to yourself and real to yourself and it's hard it's 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 a journey and just like life and and happiness it's a journey and I hope I'm on that journey for the rest of my life otherwise it would get boring um but yeah, it's, it's just starting that journey and, and figuring out who you are and being true to yourself. I think the, the reason why I'm drawn towards you, and this is what people don't realise too, is people will be drawn towards you and you'll find your tribe, your community, whatever you want to call it, when you are yourself. Because you are certainly um, all about the real talk and all about being yourself. And it's very, yeah. um, 
it's like a light. It's, it's lovely, Louisa. You just sort of want to be part of whatever it is you're doing. So if you jump yeah. off a cliff, I'll Aww. jump off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Come, we're going skydiving. Yeah, exactly. It's good for your health. <laughs> it's, in, it's infectious. So, so no, I, um, I'd love yeah. to see you in the room with your students at like Tanya Pearson's or something because I feel like you'd just give the most fun class. <laughs> Oh, I absolutely love, oh yeah, I love teaching. I absolutely love that. And I'll be doing a few, um, I've got a, like so many plans and things in the yeah. making, um, but one of them is definitely doing um, more sort of classes, um, obviously on Releve, but I also want to give free content, content out as well. So on YouTube, I will be doing some more classes on there soon, mixing it with some amazing locations and amazing DJs because I'm a huge techno Ooh. fan. So that's something that's in the making as well. Um, and yeah. <laughs> what, what so let everyone <laughs> no it sounds good let everyone know where they can find you if they're not already following you yes yeah, so you can find me at train like a ballerina on instagram and youtube um my website is releve.training um releve is r-e-l-e-v-e dot training um the website version of my program is is already there um, it's the same content, so you can subscribe now. Um, and the app is going to be launching in just a few weeks, which I'm so excited about. And there's so much coming to the app that I just, I can't share too much, but there's, um, it's not just going to be me on the app. We're launching it with me, but I've got professional dancers all around the world who, professional and ex-professional, who are going to be my train like ballerina trainers who will be creating workouts um on there and programs too so it's it's just really really exciting exciting. i'm excited to try and help as many people as as we can that's good that's awesome it's all happening for you and um as your uh we've never met in real life but as you're now e-friend um i'm very (laughs) proud of you you've you've done amazing and i've I've been following you from the beginning as well and you're doing incredible i think we're just drawn to each other because like we said like-minded and and uh, having the same goals of being able to positively help people. And um, you're doing incredible. I, um, I'm going to pick oh. your brain after this about podcasts because I want to start my own too. So I know, I know. I will, I will help you. It's very easy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's very easy once, it's very easy once someone shows you what to do and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, all good. So don't worry. We'll, it's um, like with everything, yeah. right? It's like, it's like a yeah. and you're like, oh, I'll just, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Oh, I hope. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Balanced Ballerinas podcast in full. I am sure you enjoyed this episode and if you did, it would mean the world to me because this, look, it really is a labor of love. It would mean the world if you took a screenshot and posted on your socials or left a five-star review or even just come into our private Facebook group. You can just search on Facebook, Secret Balance Ballerinas, <laughs> and uh, we'll pop up, hit join, and I will be sure to accept you. We've got some lovely people in there that all share their, you know, favorite videos or photos or quotes or events, all to do with what we all love, ballet. So head on there, and I'll see you in a fortnight for another episode.